Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and today on the podcast we have Yoshi. So those who don't know Yoshi, he's a card counter who turned $3,000 into $1.2 million in the past two years of full-time play, and he has recently decided to take an indefinite break from advantage play after just kind of getting burned out playing and honestly just the loneliness of a couple years of full-time play. But he is going to share with us his backstory, some advice for other advantage players, as well as some reflections on the past two years of Advantage Play. So welcome to the podcast, Yoshi. Hey, Colin. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So for those who don't know, starting off, is Yoshi your given birth name? Uh, No, but it's not just a random name. Uh, I speak Japanese. Uh, I started learning it when I was 12 years old, and I um, have been to Japan over 10 times, and I... One summer during college, I was a camp counselor at a Japanese camp in Minnesota, and it was an immersion camp, so only Japanese was spoken at the camp. So all the campers had Japanese names, and all the counselors had Japanese names, so my counselor name was Yoshi. So, Okay, so uh, it's stuck. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Is that what you started using on, on like forums or whatever? Yeah, I was on uh, Gambling with an Edge, and uh, that was my name on there, and it, it, uh, on forums... I was Yoshi as well, although I didn't really participate in forums too much. Um, it wasn't, I lucked out meeting several other APs in the beginning and was really confident in my network through them. And I wasn't big into the forums, but I know they're great for a lot of people. Cool. So, so let's step back a bit. Um, what were you doing before Blackjack? So I graduated college in 2015 and I majored in Chinese and, um, had also, uh, kind of solidified my Japanese as well. And I was considering maybe going to China, Japan and trying to find some work there, but I was also really interested in music. And so I actually, for the first year after college, I was uh, trying to work on music, writing songs. Um, I got into electronic music a little bit and started producing on Logic Pro. And I definitely learned a lot and made some music. But uh, about a year after that, uh, one of my college friends just organized a Vegas trip and I'd never really been to Vegas. I'd never been into a casino all through college. So I was about 23. The first time I was ever in a casino, he dragged me into there on the Vegas trip. I mean, I just went along to be with my friends because uh-huh. we were all graduated and living in different places. And so it was more to be with them. I had no interest in gambling at all, but he was like, come on, you got to try blackjack. It's Vegas. We're <laughs> here. And so, um, I don't know. I just kind of liked the game and I think I think it's in a lot of people like the game. Just like it's kind of fun to just play, even the, um, even casually. It's just it's just fun. So uh, I just for whatever reason just kept thinking about it after that Vegas trip and thinking, ah, oh, yeah, this I like it. So <laughs> uh, I went through a little period of just gambling with no edge. Uh, I thought these progression systems worked, doubling up. <laughs> Getting like Martin, back all your yeah, Martin Gale. Martin Gale, getting back all your losses with one win. I you know, the logic that, oh, you have to win eventually, like uh-huh. or within seven or eight hands you're gonna win once, but obviously that doesn't work. So lost what? you mean you mean the casinos know what they're doing? <laughs> yeah, I never got heat for that. So <laughs> So how did that so, transition into card counting? So yeah, for a month or two I was 
thinking that maybe worked and I earned a little bit, but then I eventually just lost whatever money I took to the casino. And so, uh, I knew card counting worked just based on movies and hearing about it. So I kind of, something I've always done is really just when I get into something, I really focus on it, like learning Japanese or playing tennis. That was my main sport growing up. Uh, I just really put a lot into it. So for whatever reason, I just got into card counting, read probably 10 books on it. I just read everything. Wong's book um, was probably Mm -hmm. what helped me the most with all the charts with indices and everything. But I read a lot on it. Ian Anderson's professional blackjack. Professional blackjack. Yeah, I guess he has a lot of books. Ian Anderson's book, Burning the Tables, was also pretty inspiring. It just uh, didn't necessarily uh, translate to how I played the game. But yeah. It was just a good book that really piqued my interest in it. Awesome. Well, hopefully uh, my book will uh, fill in the gaps since Burning the Tables in Las Vegas because it is a bit of a different uh, approach nowadays than, nowadays than back then. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's that relevant, but uh, I think he just uh, painted a good picture of yeah counting and it just inspired me a bit so absolutely yeah i i was a substitute teaching when i was first getting into card counting and i i took the cover off the book because i didn't want like kids seeing what i was reading but i was reading (laughs) that book like you know whenever i'm just sitting at the teacher's desk so (laughs) so uh how how did you train what what, would that look like there really wasn't much training um (laughs) that doesn't sound good no, I'm not saying I started out perfectly, but um, I was definitely confident, and I'd played a lot of blackjack. I had basic strategy down pat. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't just uh, going in never having never played before. Like, playing those progressions for a few months, I was... Okay. I'd definitely been in casinos a fair amount, and I made a point to know all the indices pretty well before I stepped into a casino. Okay, well, that's training. So you did a bit of training, perfect basic strategy. You knew the the indices, and you practiced counting probably before going in there. Yeah, what I meant with no training was I never really had the deck out on the kitchen table, fanning through the cards, and then or just counting down decks. I never really did much counting down decks. I just uh, kind of made sure I knew what I was supposed to be doing, and then you went for it. I went for it, but at really low stakes. And I'm sure yeah. I probably made a few errors in the beginning. Oh, yeah, 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 you and me both. But uh, fortunately, with with a little luck at the beginning, neither you or I got wiped out. Yeah, yeah, I definitely experienced great variance. Yeah, I mean, okay, over, go ahead. Overall, but especially in the beginning, which was a pivotal moment, I would say. <laughs> yeah, there, there's kind of a thought that you have to get lucky in the beginning, and, and that's not true. It, it might be true if you start with, $2,000 like I did. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got members that just got crushed for their first 100 hours. Um, so I don't think it's necessary to get lucky at the beginning, but it, it definitely helps. Oh, yeah, definitely helps. I've heard before that the guys who get lucky in the beginning are the ones who stay with it. And I'm sure um, with a program like yours, there's enough, um, you instill enough confidence and they, they network enough to know that it works, even if they don't start out beginning but for me kind of as a lone wolf out there i think it was crucial to start out well because if i had gotten crushed off the bat i'd probably yeah. would just turn to something else so oh, yeah. same, i didn't have that here. network com- yeah. coming into it yeah one guy i can think of sd1 i'm, I'm going to try to interview him soon but uh he he lost like his first 200 hours i want to say or he, he broke even at the 200 hour 
point. But since then, you know, he's won six figures and uh, all part time. Um, but I think he he knew he knew it worked and and he was well networked, so he stuck with it. But uh, yeah, I know I would have given up uh, if I would if I would have lost that initial two thousand. I would have just quit. Yeah. So yeah. so so tell us what it was like when you first started uh, three thousand. What what were you betting? Uh, I was betting just table minimum. I was looking for five dollar tables pretty much. Uh-huh. Unless maybe I got on a double deck, I'd probably play a ten or fifteen dollar minimum. Uh, and then for the first, I don't know, until I broke maybe fifteen or ten or fifteen thousand, I was just betting true count times ten dollars on two hands. So like a true okay. six, two by sixty, something mm-hmm. like that. Love and, it, love it. Some people, you know, they want to go straight to the fifty or hundred or two hundred an hour EV, but you know. <laughs> You can build up to that. Yeah. I probably actually got that AV in the beginning yeah, somehow. Yeah. I just ran super well, but my EV yeah. was definitely small in the beginning. Um, so so um, w- you were able to find decent $5 games. Yeah. Not, so not everyone, in, not everyone in the country is that an option, so you were fortunate. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I grew up in the Midwest, or I, I was living in the Midwest, um, and there were some great games. I mean, good penetration. Um, the state I was in, it was mostly six deck, but within like a two hour drive, I could actually find some double deck, really well cut, um, $10, good rules. And these games are awful if your name is notorious, but for starting out, I mean, my name is clean. I was playing on yep. a card. They checked the card through the database possibly, didn't find anything. So, uh, just, eased them, I bet, and I could play all-nighters, play tons of hours, and uh-huh. really build the bankroll. So that was fortunate to be where I was. If I was on the East Coast, it would have been totally different. Um, so so you played rated from the get-go? Oh, yeah, I was all about the comps also. Uh-huh. <laughs> the free food, um, all that. Just Any any noteworthy early comps? Um, well, I was, I was playing in a market that had like six casinos and I've always found that those kind of markets have much better comps because they're all competing with each other. Yeah, and so I was pretty much getting like steakhouse dinners or great buffets and rooms from like any number of these casinos in one area. Yes. So it was kind of unlimited. And just as given my bankroll, this was great because um, instead of spending any of my own money on food, I could just totally uh, yeah. Free food always, always a plus. Yeah. So, uh, how quickly did you start ramping up your betting? Um, well, I started counting in July 2016, and till about December, I was just kind of steadily earning money, but I hadn't changed my betting a whole lot, and uh, I'd made thirty five thousand in that initial six months, nice. and then. So I had close to 40,000 coming into 2017 and at the beginning of 2017 I kind of started ramping it up a little bit and started getting heat for the first time and but I earned a lot more after that point so um it just steadily increased but with much bigger amounts in the same amount of time starting then. So how long uh was it before your first back off? Um the first thing, uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's some uh, casinos right around me that are pretty sweaty, and they'll 
they'll back people off two by a hundred or less. And if I would have known to avoid those, I think I could have stayed out of the database a lot longer because I had been playing a stakes that if I just played certain places, uh, they wouldn't have cared for Mm. at all. So, um, but I think the first bag off came, yeah, like November 2016. So actually during that first six months, yeah, yeah. I was not really betting more than two by a hundred, but how, how did that feel getting your first back off? Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember it. Um, and they created my OSN account also. Uh, Son of a just, gun. But I don't know. It, it was okay. I mean, I knew I had tons of places to play and it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. It's not like it just ended my career or anything. I mean, it was fine. So kind of validated me. Yeah, absolutely. So, so about six months, you won about 35 grand and, and then you started ramping up your betting quite a bit. Yeah. And I would say I actually over bet with the 40 K bankroll okay. that I had. I was even occasionally going two by 500. Um, oh, which is man. way over, yeah. way over betting. <laughs> and about three months after that, I got CVCX, the software that okay. tells you risk of ruin. So from that January to March, I was grossly over betting, but it was working. And then by March, I had close to a hundred thousand and then I could bet that. And then I got CVCX, the software, and it showed me what my risk was before, but now my risk wasn't so bad. And so, uh-huh. And from there, I just used that software and plugged in the games that I was playing, and um, I was able to bet a decent amount. And so, it just um, I kept winning and uh, the way I had been, but with less of a risk. So it was it felt better. After yeah, that. yeah. So uh, you'd probably advise people to to get some betting software a little sooner. Yeah, I mean, maybe even right off the bat because at low stakes, it's interesting to know if you're making $10 an hour or $40 an hour. I think that's pretty interesting at a, even yeah. with a tiny bankroll. So I think it's good for everyone. And more importantly to, to mitigate your risk because you know, you lose your bankroll you're a tough yeah. spot. So yeah. one of uh, one of the questions Joe wanted me to ask you is what is your longest losing streak in, in terms of number of hours? Um. So I really didn't, I was really fortunate. Uh, I didn't have any real bad losing streaks. I think some people who hear about my results think I'm the luckiest player ever and was way over EV, but I actually was close to EV. But the difference mm-hmm. between me and a lot of players is I never had huge downswings. I just yeah. kind of, I had some stretches, I'd say 100 hours where I broke even, but mm-hmm. I never had to resize. Yeah. And that's a huge advantage, I think, because... When you resize, you just you're spending the same amount of time playing, but earning less than you could be if you hadn't gone through that downswing. Mm-hmm. And so that helped my bankroll keep increasing at the rate that it did, was because I never had, yeah, I never had to resize. So that was that was really great. But I was near EV. I just um, had some break-even session sections of my career. Maybe 100 hours was the most. Uh huh. So it's it's really interesting from my perspective because you know I, I I teach this stuff and and it you know you can say oh well you know uh, you've got a one percent chance of this or a ten percent chance of that and and it all just sounds like completely hypothetical but at this point I've known enough card counters it's like you know 
I know the guys that have had the best, like the worst of the runs, and the guys that have had the best of the runs, and every, everywhere in between. And uh, you know, it's it's not surprising that uh, it's out of the ordinary to not have any horrible losing streaks. But there's bound to be some card carriers that have that, and and uh, you you won the lottery there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how, how, go ahead. Oh no, I. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I'm not saying I never had big losses. Like I had a day where I lost sixty thousand in one day, and I mean, some people could consider that a down. I mean, like a losing streak. But after at that point, I was already over half a million, and it didn't. I didn't have to resize because of that. Yeah. And yeah. When I say a break-even streak, it might have been swinging fifty thousand in each mm-hmm. direction um, a bit. I just want to clarify that I had yeah. big losses for sure. I just didn't have the long, um, grinding losing streaks that take months that a lot yeah. of players experience. Yeah, so. well, and of, and of course, you know, some people like uh, you know Joe or Richard Munchkin. It's like that's what we all kind of commiserate or <laughs> have to, you know, kind of end up talking about because that's what we remember. That's the toughest part of the job, um, but. I mean, continuing to battle with a sixty thousand dollar losing day—that's that's no easy, easy yeah. feat. A lot of people would would be like, I, you know, second guess what they're doing with their life after <laughs> losing yeah. sixty thousand dollars in a day. How many how many hours have you played total? I played take. I played almost twenty five hundred hours in that two years. Um, it was yeah, it was really a lot of hours. And so say, that's, say that again. How many? Almost two thousand five hundred hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people might underestimate that when they hear my earnings, but I played a lot of a lot That's of hours blackjack. Big, yeah, a lot of hours at big stakes where the the EV was pretty high. So mm-hmm. I was lucky to get in a lot of time, even when I'd raised my stakes to a point when I mean a lot of casinos <laughs> shouldn't be allowing that to happen, but they yeah. did. Yep. Um. That's a lot of a lot of double downs, a lot of <laughs> a lot of splits, yeah. a lot of winning and losing hands. Um, that's awesome. So, I, I know Rymo. One thing he was saying um, that that was a boon for you is keeping your expenses low. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was great. Um, I was really in the best position to uh, have the kind of AP career that I did. Talking about the rest of my life. Um, so my parents have their own business, and uh, I was helping them out just when I was home. Um, it wasn't a set work schedule. There was so much lenience in terms of that. And so um, they kind of uh, took care of food and whatnot um, when I was home. And I wasn't, I wasn't paying any rent because my grandfather owned a couple of houses in the town that I was um, in the town where my parents live, and uh-huh. uh, he passed away, and then we acquired one of the houses, and that kind of became my place to live. Um, I don't so know, no, no, no debt, no, no, no debt from college, no kids, um, no uh, major purchases. I wasn't living extravagantly either, so uh, pretty much just gas, and uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Towards the latter half of my AP career when I wasn't playing rated, I guess I was paying for food. But uh, yeah, you can afford to buy buy your own uh, food and get your own hotel when when you're making a couple hundred bucks an hour. 
Yeah, definitely. But but it's uh, a lot. It, it is. It's hard if if you go on a trip. If you're making you know twenty five bucks an hour, and you know the first ten hours are going to be covering, you know your expenses, it's can be brutal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rymo. I mean, he has kids and uh, utilities and everything. And I, I was young and single, and um, was just in a pretty good position to mm-hmm. keep keep investing. So, so I never invested any outside money in my bankroll, but I also really never had to take away much from my bankroll. Uh, definitely in the beginning, I, I wasn't taking away anything. Everything I earned playing was going right into the bankroll. So, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely. That, that definitely helped. So, uh, Rema also said you, you perhaps went through a few cars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, as much as I played and as much as I drove, I guess I increased my odds of a traffic accident just based on how, how much yeah. time I was out there on the road. But uh, I I totaled two cars, but neither of them were my fault. Um, just um, just happened, bad luck, I guess. But insurance, luckily, paid for most of that, and so. Well, I t- I totaled a car on a blackjack trip, and it was my fault. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, which is actually kind of a good point to those people listening. When I was talking to Rymo earlier, asking if he had any questions for Yoshi, he was saying uh, somehow we got onto the topic of of driving and, and the long trips, and and he was saying that he caught himself like getting drowsy driving and and chosen to pull over. It reminded me of a, a early trip with with my earlier team where I was riding right behind the driver and the person driving started to nod off and I like shook his shoulder, woke him up, you know, but, uh, but there, there can be a lot of driving as, as a card counter or advantage player, but just, you know, we want to keep our risk low, both at the tables and on the roads, all that stuff. Yeah. I really made a point to, um, just if I, if I felt like I was, in any kind of dangerous shape to drive mid drive, I would just find a gas station and mm-hmm. pull over and sleep. I had no, I mean, I actually slept in my car just for full nights. I mean, when I didn't feel like paying for a hotel, uh-huh. especially like if I was down in the South and it was warm and yeah, um, I, like I said, I lived pretty cheap even after I had considerable bankroll. I still did that <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's... so I had no qualms about sleeping in the car. And so if I was tired driving and, I thought um, I could be putting myself in danger. Just always pulled over, and because yeah. because I had total freedom in my schedule, I wasn't rushing back to my kids or rushing back to a job on Monday. So that that was a good thing that I could kind of just take my time and mm-hmm. make sure I was doing it safely. And go, going back to the the topic of keeping expenses low, you know, there's no right or wrong way to be an advantage player and and it really depends what your goals are but it is a common thread i think a lot of us um you know we enjoy the freedom that the money provides more than like just buying nice things and uh you know so i mean i think most most car counters i know have slept in their car just to save save the 100 150 bucks or whatever and i don't know if i would do that at this point but uh but i definitely have in the past, and I, I get it. It makes it makes that bankroll last a lot, a lot longer. Um, so, how long of trips did you typically go on? Um, I uh, especially, I mean, when I was in the beginning, I was playing really close to home, within two and three hours of home, and I had a lot of games that I could just keep playing. 
so that wasn't really wasn't really taking long trips then um i would stay in the comp hotels if i wanted or i would just come home either way but then as i started to get burnt out i had to go to the south to the east coast Mm -hmm. um to the west coast and so i would i wouldn't want to cut myself short on if i'm driving all the way there i want to make the most of it sometimes it'd be two three weeks um straight playing every day but just on the road and sometimes places let me camp for a couple days some times it was like one or two or three casinos in a day and then on to the next day and different ones and getting backed mm-hmm. off all of them just depended where i was was but, was there was there a point where you made a decision to go kind of all in with card counting or, or did it just kind of happen pretty pretty organically i'd say it happened organically like i said just winning steadily in the beginning just my confidence was sky high about it working and about keeping I mean, earning more and setting goals for earnings, and that kept the motivation alive a lot. So it was just kind of really consumed me for those two years that I did it. Uh huh. So how how did? Um, well, actually, let me back up. Um, what what are your biggest wins and losses as far as sessions? Um, yeah, I was uh, like I like I said before the sixty thousand dollar day. That, that was it was within like one day. I woke up and went to sleep and. That sixty thousand was in was within that, but that was spread out over I think three casinos. There was also just one casino I played for eight hours and lost almost fifty thousand. That was another mm-hmm. time. But with both with both of those losses, I my bankroll was at a certain point where it was okay. I mean, yeah. I could I didn't resize and I could kind of grind out of that within a pretty short amount of time. Actually, I after those experiences, I just like one for a few weeks after that so Mm -hmm. that was great um and then on the winning side it did have a couple sessions um right around six figures two different casinos so Mm -hmm. those are pretty nice yeah we we had i think one guy on the church team won 100 grand at barona in a day um and max rubin was not happy about it (laughs) um but i don't i mean maybe i i feel like we had a guy with eighty thousand dollar win, but but I mean that's over six years of of the church team. We had you know one six figure you know hundred thousand dollar win, and and uh, Rymo was saying you had a couple in that in that range. Yeah, it happened in about three months. Um, one of them, one in March, and one in May. So that was pretty nice to. So for those listening, those. you know, everybody's like, oh. You know, yeah, you could get away with this stuff 10, 15 years ago, but it, it still happens. Yeah, I mean, if they're letting me get away with that now in 2018, I and card counting's been around for, what, 30 years? I don't, I don't think yeah, there's any. That. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely possible. So, so, uh, so an- another uh, thing Remo was saying is that, that you guys would have a tendency to just bump into each other in, like around the country. He said, he, well, the way, this is how he put it. He said, before long, I started always booking a room with two, at least two beds because <laughs> inevitably you or Levi would, would be like within an hour's drive. Is, is that true? It, it just tended to happen. Um, I mean, I talk to Rymo all the time and we usually know where we, we, each other is. I mean, we'd be telling each other where we're, we are where we're playing what casinos um but we also tend to move around so fast based on back offs that it just so happened one time 
I guess he had been in the upper Midwest and I'd been all the way in the South. And then somehow we're both like <laughs> within an hour of each other in Oklahoma. That's and, amazing. Uh, like he said, Oh, I'm about to play this casino. And I was like, that's the exact casino that's in my GPS. I'm on my way there. And, uh, I don't know. It's fun. Cause then we, yeah, we, uh, shared a hotel. We've shared hotels in a lot of different places and cuts down on expenses for both of us. And, uh, it's great just to hang out as well to, um, since we're playing and out on the road alone, it's awesome to hang out with he, good friends like that. He said he gets to be the big spoon when you have to share a bed. <laughs> I don't know if we ever shared a bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It really became an inside joke between us, even when like I had no chance of being where he was. He's like, well, I'm getting two beds just in case you book a flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today. <laughs> so so with all this, all this play, uh, 2,500 hours, uh, I mean... Even even before the twenty five hundred hours, just maybe maybe five hundred hours in, how did it all compare to your expectations? Yeah, I think it really changed my life. Um, I don't know. Coming out of college, I was like, I wasn't broke or anything, and I, I was like stable. I um, could work for my parents. I knew there were a lot of things I could do, but I really never had any money, and it all like kind of built on itself so quickly once I started counting cards and. Um, it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. The the perspective and the expectations kept, the goalpost just kept getting set further and further back. And I guess that happened kind of organically, but mm-hmm. uh, also kind of fast, I mean, in the amount of time. So yeah. def- definitely a life-changing experience. How has it changed your view of money? I mean, I try to not take it for granted. I mean... Right now, I don't have any income. I'm actually focusing on music again, and there's no with that kind of thing. There's no guarantee it'll go anywhere, and so I'm really not trying to splurge or just think I can just go earn this again if I start counting cards again. I mean, I could easily go through huge downswings right off the bat, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I just I just try not to take it for granted, but it's definitely um, I definitely think in a little bit of a different way. I don't. Um, hold back from nice dinners now and um, doing things I want to do. Whereas maybe before I would have been like, well, I want to do that. I want to eat that meal, but uh, mm-hmm. I just can't. Cause, <laughs> and so I, I think I'd like to think I'm a little bit happier just because um, I'm not stressed about money at, mm-hmm. at the moment, at least with smaller purchases, meals, you know, going to, to different destinations, paying for concert mm-hmm. tickets, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So have there been any negative, unexpected results uh, just as far as like the life of a card counter? Yeah, well, I would say even one year ago, so halfway through the two years, I was just all about counting. It's all I wanted to do. No interest in, uh, I don't know, how am I, or no, no, uh, no loneliness, I would say at that point. Mm-hmm. Um it was just all I was focused on. I was super happy and I was motivated and I was, uh, just really doing what I wanted to do. And then in this past year, uh, I just, I don't know really when it happened, but I slowly started to burn out and mm-hmm. I thought it wouldn't happen when I was on gambling with an edge and out uh, a year ago. I think I gave the impression that, uh, I didn't think I was going to burn out for a long time and it actually mm-hmm. happened a lot quicker than I thought. Um, I just, uh, 
just feelings of loneliness and and uh i was really earning a lot of money i was uh my bankroll kept hitting all-time highs but i just i actually wasn't happy and it's really hard to it, it would have been hard to fathom that a year yeah. ago year and a half ago and it mm-hmm. just happens and i know it's happened to other people oh, too yeah. and uh, i'd heard that but I thought, oh, well, that won't happen to me. And uh, I just began to seek a more normal life. I was mm-hmm. kind of envying my friends who um, maybe weren't earning that kind of money but had a state. They were grounded. They had a friend group. They had maybe a, a relationship, um, just a normal life with a more routine. And so, yeah, being on the road really does take a toll, especially with that many hours. And uh, mm-hmm. you kind of feel like you don't have an aim. You just... I mean, you're chasing money. Money's important, but at a certain point, it's just it doesn't bring happiness anymore. So yeah, I mean, money money is just a resource, you know, um, and uh, like having more of a resource isn't in, in a, a a good end end game in itself. I remember, like in high school and college, uh, all I wanted to do was was be in a band, and some of my friends were, you know, in bands that that I really. Uh, looked up to one of them. They, they even asked me if I wanted. They lost their second guitarist. They're like, Colin, you know, uh, basically asking me to drop out of college and join their band. And and I said no because I thought I should finish college. And then they got a record deal, and I was like, Oh, what did I do? And it just I just felt. I remember feeling like so jealous. They're they're touring around the country. You know, they're playing with even you know bigger bands and and all that stuff. It was all I ever wanted to do. And then like another two, three years later, they're I'm talking to them I'm like, oh I I just want a job. Like I just wanna like one of them's like, oh yeah. And this was a band, it was, they were like my favorite band at the time. And and the the drummer's like, I think I'm gonna become a bartender because then I can just be at home. And <laughs> like and I'm like, what what is going on here? You're like you know, living to me what seems like the dream life, but but uh, you know, after a few years, they got burned out from it and were looking for some normalcy. I think the thing about card counting, the nice thing is it's a trade. You know, like a band, you can't just like pick it up again in five in five years if you need to make some more money. Uh, card counting, you actually can as long as you have a bankroll and you know keep your skills fresh. Um, but you know, I think you can get into this rut where you feel like you need to do it and, and you don't. And if it's like, <sighs> if you're miserable, you know, like, man, step away. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that rather than, you know, you playing further into burnout or, or whatever, just like not being in a good spot personally. Yeah. I would say even uh, when I was around 800,000 or so, I was really unhappy, but I think I really wanted to hit seven figures. Um, it was like a big goal. And I also, also think, thought it could take another year or so. So I was prepared to play wow. much longer. Mm-hmm. But once that happened, I kind of was okay with just like what you said. I don't need to be playing and I'm unhappy. So let's, let's not play. And yeah. uh, um, I think that's, yeah, really important. Um, Cause I was in a rut of just, feeling like I had to play for these earning goal, earning skills, but uh, yeah, yeah no, well, that's that's like, uh, that's what like uh, you know workaholics do. <laughs> like it's it's like the classic story of of the the dad who's like a lawyer, or doctor, or whatever, and and he never sees his kids because he just works all the time, and you know, 
And it, it's really hard to like step back and say, wait, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, it's, it's probably easier as a card counter because you don't have like clients and all that stuff <laughs> waiting on you. But it's just, I, man, I'd encourage anybody to step back, whatever you're doing and say, why am I doing this? Is it really furthering my, my big picture goals or am I like, you know, living for, for the next like carrot in front of me? <laughs> yeah, that's really what it was for a while. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know what I kind of learned is, t- and, uh, um, is to really enjoy it when it's good because in the beginning I was loving it. And I think a lot of APs who are starting out and maybe, uh, have goals like I had are, are in that period where it's great. They, mm-hmm. they're motivated they're They love the challenge. They love the travel. And so I realized that wherever you are, like now, now I'm working on music, so I'm loving that challenge right now. And I'm sure maybe even someday, even if I got established, I would grow unhappy with that. So um, nothing's ever perfect. And so just really for upcoming APs, just when it's good, enjoy it. Um, don't take it for granted. And um, yeah, I mean, nothing's nothing's ever going to feel the same way forever. So yeah. Um, any other unexpected positive results to card counting other than money? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was lonely, but I did meet some great people. Obviously, yeah. Primo, Levi, Joe, uh, you. Um, just, I don't know. It's it's a good community, and uh, these are friends I think I'll always have. So, uh, and I wouldn't have met them any other way. So that's yeah. something I'm definitely grateful for. So. Um, and, that eased the loneliness for sure because uh, I don't know without them during that period on the road it, yeah it was already kind of miserable but that it helped a lot having those friends yeah, absolutely yeah I've I've wanted for for quite a while to add a section to the forum for our members that's life after blackjack you know uh, yeah just to like have those conversations because it it can be you know, kind of a confusing, like, well, well now what? And, and some people figure out how blackjack continues to fit into their life. And some people decide, you know what, I'm done. And that's okay. Like, that's great. You know, you used it for what you want it for. And, you know, like, I don't think people have to be card counters forever. Um, but I'm glad to hear you're, you're uh, at least, uh, at least taking, taking a break, if not, if not retired. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'll say one, I'll say uh, yeah. one other unexpected uh-huh. thing. It's just kind of a funny story. Um, uh, I'm currently spending time in Colorado with my girlfriend and uh, having a great time with her. And uh, I met her in Kansas City because I was gambling there. But I'd actually been comped a Packers, like NFL tickets to a Packers game from nice. this casino in Wisconsin last December. And I was going to go with... I, I don't really pay much attention to football um i just thought nfl game for free who um and i had a friend who was into watching football so i was gonna go with him and then that casino ended up trespassing me like a week before the game oh no uh just by mail actually i hadn't even been there and uh um so i didn't go to that game and then i went to kansas city instead and then i met um uh my girlfriend and so that just i wouldn't have been in kansas city at that time in the first place without gambling, but also because I was 86 from that other casino, I ended up in Kansas city there and met her. And so now I'm spending time with her and, uh, like, uh, 
yeah, just it's funny how things work like that. Yeah, Car- Card well, Kang's been been bringing people together since 1965. <laughs> yeah. So a few more a few more questions for you. Um, this is a big one. I've been wondering is when I took you to uh, my favorite taco truck for lunch. Would you say that a it slightly exceeded your expectations? B it greatly exceeded your expectations, or C it massively exceeded your expectations? I'll say greatly because I knew okay. you wouldn't be taking me to anywhere without pretty good tacos. Uh, but it, <laughs> but it, it was it was awesome, and I think I even told you I was like I asked you for the name because I wanted to go back there yeah. for more that day because I was still hungry. But a, a, bang, was, a bang bang that's what they call it when you have lunch and then you go have a second lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now that we got the important stuff out of the way, um, wh- what's a favorite casino story? Hmm. Favorite casino story. Kind of hard. I I will say one thing. Even in recent times when I wasn't playing rated on cards, uh, and Rymo knows all about this, I, I just had really good luck in still getting these great offers because so I would play unrated, probably get backed off or countermeasured or whatever, go cash out a bunch of chips at the cage, and then I'd have to show ID because it'd be a CTR or whatever. They'd look up my name, see I had an account, and a lot of these places seem to be rating me for that play. And then all of a sudden, a month later, I'd get like $750 promo chip, like four nights in a suite at like the Palazzo or something, um, Just which I didn't deserve at all. I hadn't played rated. Uh, I don't know. They just, it was... These great comps, which seemed to be a thing of the past, actually started showing up again with these random occurrences where they raided me, even though they backed me off and I played unrated. So it happened at a few different places, and it happened on some, like a Hollywood, and so then my office would be good for all those marquee properties, and it gave me a lot of opportunities for free stays, and then I would go play in places because I knew I had free stays, and then maybe I had great trips there. And so I had some really good luck with all that. Awesome. Um, so as you look back, you're, it sounds like it, as a whole, you're glad you did this. Definitely. Um, uh, it now gives me financial freedom to focus on music. And uh, I think a lot of aspiring musicians maybe have to also work a job and they can't put as much time toward it and that holds them back. So I think I'm in a good position now to give this a try. And if this doesn't work out, I'm still... I'm definitely still happy right now um, with this freedom, and uh, I can probably focus on the things I want to for a while. Um, and also the travel. I mean, I was lonely at the time a lot of the time, but since I'm not playing currently, I'm really I've really been reminiscing mm-hmm. about driving through places like North Dakota, like these barren landscapes, um, and Wyoming, and um, the Southwest is really pretty and. I just have really fond memories of going and earning money um, in these places, but also getting to see a lot of the country, which I just might not have had a reason to go see otherwise. And What was the longest break you took uh, during that two-year stretch? Um, really not much. I mean, I was kind of... There might have been a couple weeks here and there for yeah. different things. Like, I took a trip to my... Uh, Japan with my dad for a couple of weeks. There's no That's casinos cool. there. I wasn't going to give up things like that. Um, yeah. But I was really motivated by my earnings goals. And especially the first year and a half, I was just 
really enjoying it also. So it's what I wanted to be doing. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a job. It's like um, just what I would have wanted to do in my free time if I had a yeah. job. So the fact that I was able to do it all the time, just that's how I got 2,500 hours, I guess, just yeah. really all the time. <laughs> I guess the reason I ask is I, I, I feel similar to you where it took being away from it for a while to really appreciate it. You know, like I was, I was writing about this recently, even just the, the like little bowling alley casinos where I was generating $7 an hour of EV. Like those were some sweet times, but, (laughs) but at the time all I could think about was getting to, you know, $10 an hour and $20 an hour. And, you know, uh, rather than really like stopping to reflect and being like, man, this is pretty cool. So hopefully yeah. you get more time to reflect on it. Are you, are you gonna like try to journal or write or, or anything to reflect on the last couple of years? I don't know. Some of my my friends keep telling me, "Oh, write a book," and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, well, there's already lots of books out there," and they're like, "No, but your experience is different." Um, but I think uh, like doing this podcast, and I think um, they invited me back on Gambling with an Edge a oh, second sweet. time, um, and I've I've been just texting with a lot of guys that are currently playing um i'm always happy to talk about it talk about casinos that maybe i played and they're going to play and so i'm uh-huh. i'm not shutting it out of my life i'm still yeah. down to network about it but i just think not playing is definitely gonna be better for me and my happiness and let me focus yeah. on other things because i've often thought about that twenty two thousand five hundred hours like the money i made was amazing but if i put that amount of hours on anything i mean you can become great at anything with that amount yeah. of time. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess as you continue to you know give back or share information with other people, you'll you'll be able to kind of reflect and, and process the last couple couple years of of blackjack. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's definitely good to. Um, I mean, I'm reminiscing about it a lot. I'm the travel and like I said, so um, it's it's definitely fun to talk about it and. Um, give back and write about it talk to others still awesome any uh any final you know advice or thoughts you want to share with people as they're somewhere in their card gang journey oh i think i've just touched on it already i mean money at a certain point doesn't buy happiness so i think you should really if you can keep doing it and strike a balance um that's great but um if you're all in just really enjoy it when it's good and when you're having fun with it and when it's not anymore just um know that it, you don't have to keep playing you yeah. can come back to it later or you can just um give it up and just see what what else happens but uh don't don't let yourself uh get too lonely too depressed too unhappy um money isn't going to solve everything so really yeah try to find out what's important to you and uh yeah there's a there's an awesome quote I heard a few years ago that I really like, which is that uh, um, money is to be used and people are to be enjoyed, and and a lot of a lot of people, you know, it's at least our culture can kind of get that backwards and say, you know, we use people so that we can enjoy money, <laughs> enjoy money, and you know, I just don't think that 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 lasts. So your your advice is sage wisdom whether it's for card counters or you know any anybody you know to to really prioritize the things that that uh you know contribute to our lives and and money does to a point but not but then it really ceases to so thanks for sharing yeah yeah 
Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this with us, and uh, we'll be checking out for for the second gambling with an edge interview you do. Interested to see what they have to ask. Probably be a little more technical than <laughs> than, than I'm being, but uh, but that'll be good. And uh, continue to enjoy working on music and hanging out with people you care about. Yeah. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having me. Um, this was this was a blast, and uh, it was great to be able to talk about less technical things and more about life and perspectives just like we did when i met you in seattle so uh, yeah thanks for thanks for having me dude my pleasure thanks so much for doing this and uh we'll we'll catch you next time Mm